Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm honestly getting kind of sick of coming on here before what feels like every episode to talk about something sad. So, you know what? I'm going to let somebody else take this one. Hey, this is uh, D with two E's here. Uh, recent stuff, you know, that's, that's happened. And um, I I feel like it, it is like a responsibility, you know, of me to, um, you know, to come out and, and like, you know, talk about this. Uh, because you know, you know, we're talking about you know the Black Lives Matter, you know the the whole um, the the whole George Floyd um, incident that that transpired, and uh, as a uh, as a black man, I I felt like I needed to come in and talk and um, talk about this. Uh, Dan as well, but like um, like uh, give his two cents, but just me. Uh, since you know, hey, um, I'm the black guy on the episode. I just want you know, it, it would, I guess, it would have been, you know, weird for me not to, you know, be on this, you know, this, uh, this pre-recording here, and um, I, I, I just want to say, like, it, it is really tough just seeing, you know, the events that transpired. You know, I mean, for years I've seen. Um, You've heard and you've seen the excessive force being used um, on people, you know, that that look like me or you know who have like a darker skin tone as I do or a lighter skin tone. Like it doesn't matter. Like you know, black is black, and seeing that pain and seeing like seeing unnecessary pain and struggle that uh, my people have to go through. You know, it you know it is it's very sad and you know it's unacceptable. Like you know when uh, seeing like that disturbing footage. I mean. The, first of all, the guy did. I mean, it, it was 100% their fault. They didn't have to do all that. I mean, first of all, the guy had, you know, three guys as backup, so he didn't have to do that. And even then, if he if he did need to do some type of restraint, all he had to do was just, you know, lower his knee towards like towards his his shoulder blade instead of having it on his neck. And and it's it's not it's not just like a racial thing. It's just a common sense thing, like. I know people are going to look at it, you know, as like a racial thing. And like, you know, yeah, it's appropriate. But I'm not just talking about like, you know, a black-white thing. It's, it is, but we're talking about just basic human rights. We're talking about common sense. And that's what the thing, like, and that's the thing I've had to, you know, uh, come to grips with. Like, yeah, it's another black, uh, another black man uh, losing his life when he didn't need to. Uh, in the hands of the police, and uh, just to like you know, poor technique. Um, I mean, poor uh, due to like poor technique or bad practices or just you know not caring. I mean it. I mean it's it's just it just the list goes on and on. I mean, you're talking about you know George Floyd. You you, know, you talk you can go back to you know you know like Trayvon Martin. You can go back to. Um, um, think of all the times that happened. Like think of like you know Rodney King, and think of all the other times before we had camera phones. The stuff that we're able to capture now in the palms of our hands. Think of the stuff that we couldn't capture then. That was a, that's always been dirt that's been going on. I don't think it'll fully ever go away. If there's all if there's if there's racial and cultural dis, uh, differences, I think. I think it's just one of those things just like with racism I don't think will ever go away as long as there's there's differences but I just want to live in a world where 
we we do better and we become better. Like I don't like the idea of having to um, tell my kids in a few like um, I'm gonna be in a uh, I'm gonna be in a uh, a mixed race marriage. So they're gonna have um, they're gonna have white and black in them, and I and, it's, and it pains me to have to tell them the story or tell them like give them a t- uh, a heart to heart talk like that's the just the way it is just because they're they're they got black in them because that's something that I always grew up with and it's like well why is why is this mom or why is this dad uh, it's, I mean it's you know it's just cause cause you're black that's just the way it is. Like I hate the whole "that's just the way it is" sort of thing, you know, and, and that's and that's the thing. It's just not okay. But that's something that I've always grown up with, and I see to this, you know, and see to this day. Like grew up, growing up as a kid, and then going on, uh, uh, going on thirty one. It's I'm still seeing it as yeah, it's it's just the way it is. The whole double standards have to work twice as hard to have what like my my Caucasian counterpart has, or. I, I have to make sure that I plan my trips accordingly to make sure I don't wind up lost in a strange neighborhood because guess what? Like I'm a prime I'm a prime target. Even whether I want whether I ask for that or not. I mean it I mean it just boggles my mind that, you know, all this stuff like and I was talking to my brother about this, the stuff that Tupac like uh Tupac and other rappers in the past, like we're talking like the early nineties talking about this stuff. And now, fast forward thirty, nearly thirty years later, we're still talking about this stuff. Like it, it is, it's a travesty that all this is still going on. The only difference is now we have visual evidence. We have, we have quantifiable uh, data that we can show. Like, hey, this isn't right. But it, it's, it sucks that. You know, we have to have like that physical evidence just to show wrongdoing when it shouldn't exist. Like, as I mentioned before, it's not. Yeah, it's a race thing, but we're also talking about just basic human rights. We're just like we're just talking about like even that mayor was talking about, like if that guy was white, we wouldn't even be talking about that. That guy's knee would not be on his on the back of his neck. It would not be. So with the I'm I'm tired of the double standards. I mean I've grown up to I've, I've grown up with it and I've had to adapt to that and accept that. But I want a world someday where we don't have to accept it. That I we have more equality and stuff. And like and for the people who are saying like all lives matter, that's tr- like that's true. But let's 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 get, let's get this straight. Like I, I know you're like a lot of people are trying. Some people are trying to be snarky about that. I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know who you are. The people who say all lives matter. You know, like, uh, you know, I guess for like a equality thing. Okay, like I get that. But if you look, like, but if you look closer to this world right now, like, like kind of like a metaphor I use is like we're like that. This world is like that college class, and yes, black lives black lives have always mattered. We just matter like twenty percent of the grade, while our Caucasian counterparts are like double, worth double that grade, so double that percentage. So it's not like all lives. 
don't matter. They do. It's just the Caucasian part is mattering still much more than the, than the black population. And that's where I want us to close that gap on. So when anybody who think that we're all trying to, you know, get this, like the black community is trying to get this and get that, just, just stop and think for a moment. When we say black lives matter, we're saying we matter just as much as any other uh, racial uh, or cultural population. We're not trying to be, we're not trying to get more than than the other than the other groups. We just want to be like even, or at least be close to that. We're not trying to take the whole pie. We just we just want a slice of what you have. We just want like a slice of pie, like an equal size slice, like as you have. We don't want more. We're just tired of taking less. We've always had to do it with do with less. And that and that is the um, that's the 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 ultimate sad uh, sad part there. We've always had to do it with less. And when you see in like the riots and you see in like the protests, it's people who are getting sick and tired of selling for less. I mean, if you just have to think about it, like put yourself in that person's shoes. Like even if you try to put mentally put yourself in your shoe in that person's shoes of like a different race, you wouldn't tr- truly be able to know what they feel or how they feel. Just like that episode of South Park, uh, Kyle was saying he got what Token was uh, could could feel, but he didn't. So in the end of the episode, he said, "Hey, I get it. I don't get it. I'll never know how you feel." Like. It's it's a diff, it's a difficult spot. Like with my fiance, who is, who is a white female, she'll never fully understand what it's like to be in my shoes. But at the same time, I won't know what it's like to be in her shoes. But the key thing is understanding, not shutting yourself out from from the noise or from from the takes and stuff. Doing your research. And if people are trying to say something, listen. Don't shut them out. Listen. That's how riots happen when you don't when people don't feel like you're listening to them. Because things ha- things get much worse when you don't sit down and have a talk about it. Or even if someone just dis- is like disagrees with you or something, like, you know, if it's race or or politics or whatever. Like sometimes it pays to just sit down and listen. And if you disagree, okay, hey, I hear you out. I respectfully disagree. That's what makes us people. We all have our differences. But being black, it's like like in the Fresh Prince with Carlton with the, when they, he was accused of being a sellout. Being black. It's not what I'm trying to be. It's who I am. And it hurts me to see my people not being heard, being hurt, and then it going away. Like it gets swept under the rug. Like a little like a little riot would happen or, or a little noise would happen and then nobody speaks about it. That's why this whole COVID-19 stuff, while it's it's been really horrible and and a curse 
a, a sliver of it has been a blessing because guess what? There's no other events happening to keep us distracted from talking about this, talking about these tough conversations. And for we have to have the us people as a whole, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, European, who, whatever, male, female, wh- whoever, we have to open ourselves up to having these tough conversations because they're not going anywhere. If anything, they're becoming much more prevalent. We can't shield ourselves from truth. We have to make sure we open ourselves up to have these tough conversations so we can progress. Because if we don't have these conversations, we can't learn and understand history and make sure we take the necessary steps to not repeat history. Because if we don't learn from our... Uh, those who don't uh, know their history are doomed to repeat it. And that's why I feel is what's happening time and time and time again. Now, don't get me wrong. With all this, all the crazy, crazy stuff that's happening in America, in politics, with race, um, including the, uh, the George Floyd incident... Um, Brianna, uh, the Brianna Taylor incident, all that stuff. I still love America. I do. I love being American. But we have to do better. We we are we are much better than where we used to be. Like this ain't this ain't the 1960s, 1950s, 40s, and stuff. Because if not, if 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 it was during those times and during those customs. I wouldn't be in this same room right now talking to um, talk to my buddy Dan here and us being able to share um, share this podcast with you all doing this together. I wouldn't be uh, um, marrying uh, my future wife. So we're we are much better than where we used to be. But we still got a long ways to go. So I just leave you with this. Take away the race and the racial talks and all this stuff, the politics, whatever, and just going by just the golden rule. Treating people the way you should make sure you treat people the way you want to be treated. If people if would you would you want somebody to put their knee on the uh, on the back of your neck? Or would you do that to somebody else? Or if you doing that to somebody else, would you want them to do that back to you? No. Would you want to talk to somebody disrespectfully or hate on somebody just because they're different? Okay, if you did that, would you welcome that back? So just remember, strip all this stuff away and just let's all focus on, it's all about focusing on being a better person and replacing that hate with love. Who cares about the differences? There's always going to be differences. Like I'm not gonna be ignorant or naive. There's always gonna be, there's always gonna be that ignorance and that and racism and prejudice because I mean it's just that's just it's just how it's gonna be because it's just we are a melting pot of a country and then just and just this this whole world is just full of like different people, of different races and uh, cultures, all of that. It's okay to not agree with like a certain culture or, or or something, but it's but what is not okay is to hate on some hate on a, a specific person or a group of people just because they're different. Because keep in mind, you're different compared to somebody else. So that's something just to keep in mind. 
But all I'll say is um, my prayers uh, go out to the George Floyd family, uh, Breonna Taylor's family, um, and and the people uh, close to close to her, close to Floyd. Um, it, it's it's tough. It's a tough conversation, but at the end of the day, we need to make sure their lives weren't lost in vain. We need to learn, learn from this and make sure that we grow. How we defeat hate and prejudice is, is, with, is with love and acceptance and peace. You go ahead, Dana. I think you said it, buddy. Man. I... It's partly why I wanted to just kind of shut up and give you the floor for a little bit. Um, I And I thank you for putting yourself through that, because that was not easy. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Also, practice your social distancing and wearing masks. I did, yes. this, I did this whole bit with wearing He's, a mask. This man... So. Yeah, this man is... <laughs> uh, this man is... Uh, practicing practicing radical love in multiple ways here. If you sat here and listened to all of this and felt maybe uncomfortable, like honestly I did a little bit, that's okay. That's that's a sign of growth. I hope we can all do better cuz it's hard for me to see sometimes. But I hope we can. Take care. I love you all. Take care. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all around the world, we bring you another ripping edition of the Dan vs. D Sports and Stuff podcast with the initials DVD, as in DVD player, on your player, D with two E's, and always uh, in this with me, except this time not on my left or the right, but in a different building because of social distancing, my main man, his name is... Dan with an A-N. Dan, the man he can. What's going on, buddy? We not, <laughs> not a whole lot. Yeah, this is a. I think our first telecommute episode in a long time. In like uh, a year and a half, maybe like two years. Yeah. Since but, Boston Borough out, since Boston Borough out, that was about two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm glad though. You know, thinking about it, I'm glad that we t- took the initiative to develop the capability. Uh, before I know. we had to, um, yeah, because that would suck to have to kind of reinvent all of this from whole cloth now, midstream. Uh, yes, and I think uh, right now we're 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 starting to ship it, uh, shape it even more because like um, last time we used Skype and it it was hit or miss, but it made it work. But I think right now we're, we're currently we're on Discord and we're trying out something new with this with this yeah. program. It seemed like it's doing okay right now. So yeah. we'll see how see how it works in the the finished product. So and uh, some trivia that is probably not in any way funny or interesting to anyone but me. But uh, I am recording this through a microphone cable that I built myself. 
Man, that's pretty dope, man. Like this, look at this guy. Have you been taking DIY lessons from Animal Crossing New Horizons again? Yes, yes. I've been gathering, I've been hitting rocks in the backyard to get iron nuggets and uh, and uh, crafting, crafting stuff, crafting electronics here. Um, well, before before you do uh, before you do that, like you have to like uh, shake trees, you know, for branches. I mean, like uh, so you can create the flimsy stand first. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you uh, shake a tree, and then you may or may not shake a wasp's nest off of it, and then you get stung, unless you run inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, sorry, sorry, guys. We're uh, we're kind of nerding out on like you know the the latest craze, like the latest like you know um, best like you know for COVID nineteen, uh, the best video games for dealing with COVID COVID nineteen, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I was gonna say before we get into it. Uh, you know, that's one thing I've been doing to stay busy is building things. Uh, you know, I I did I've done several like DIY projects of like yeah, building this yeah. cable and a few other things. And uh, what have you been doing to stay busy? Um, let's see. Um, doing chores around the house. Um, actually, sometimes uh, I guess except for last Saturday, you know, I I've, I've been working overtime. You know, half like half days on Saturdays, which, you know, oh, wow. don't really feel, don't feel like nothing really, uh, compared to, you know, um, you know, my regular work days. Uh, so it's just like, you know, four hours out of my day on a Saturday is, you know, like, Hey, I'll get paid, uh, versus without, um, like I get paid versus, you know, sitting around doing nothing, you know, wasting four hours on a Saturday, even though it's not a waste because you get to relax. So Fair. it's a double, it's a double edged sword, but overtime stuff or, or just working. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I've been, you know, I've been cooking some, been like, you know, doing some chores, uh, spend time with my fiance. Um, I don't know if uh, people know, but like, yeah, I, uh, I proposed like what, two months ago. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I don't think we've, uh, I don't think listeners have heard this yet. Yeah. I, I know. Right. <laughs> Congrats, was, buddy. Even though I've already told you that off mic. Been playing video games. Um, uh, her, you know, new horizons been yeah. playing that. Um, I've been playing 2K with uh, me getting my ass whooped, you know, on a consistent basis by my little nephew. <laughs> even though I'm, even though, even though I'm getting better though, because I actually bought the game for myself for twenty bucks, you know, when it was nice. on sale, and I was like, okay, now I can actually, you know, somewhat get better and practice a little bit instead of you know just being cold, going cold turkey and trying to go up against him and Mike, my older brother. So, so there's that. Um, so. Let's see. I'm trying, to, I guess, playing Rocket League, uh, playing, getting to like my backlog. Like I recently started back up um, um, my Final Fantasy VII, the original, nice. um, on PlayStation, and uh, I'm I'm still on disc two, and I'm like trying to finish that up. Um, after I uh, finish my, um, like when I conquered uh, Mega Man X four finally, um, is inspired me to like want to go back. To like my games that's in my backlog, and just go ahead and start like knocking some of them out. Have some secondary games, and then just uh, find, pick a main game that I want to finish and knock those out. So, and been like recently, uh, you know, uh, looking up uh, computer stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah man. I've been uh, yeah, I've been going back and shit. I've been going Sorry, back. Sorry, that was long-winded, and- but yeah. Yeah, that's oh. what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, I've been going back and. 
replaying just a lot of games I loved as a kid. Uh, Homeworld Cataclysm, which is uh, a game about a space pandemic. So, you know, oh. kind of ironic that that was on my mind. Um, but it's a is great it canon? game, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's canon in the Homeworld universe. Man. But, and, you know, a little Mario 64, too. Oh my gosh, man. Um, yeah, like, I literally have, like, an N64, like, beside me in a box, <laughs> like, that I, that I want to, like, plug up into, like, into my TV and play, because I have WCW NWO Revenge, and I have uh, No Mercy, WWF No Mercy. <laughs> oh, man. And, like, my laptop has, like, um, I kind of create sort of, like, a little renaissance on my laptop. Like, it's pretty much like a, like, old Smith, like, retro machine right now. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, man. No, okay, here's one. Here's one, and then we'll we'll move on. But I I went back and found a game I played when I was probably, like, four years old called Treasure, oh. called Treasure Mountain. Uh-oh. And uh, it's a, like very very basic edutainment game where like uh you're you're this guy and you're walking around on a mountain trapping elves in a net and when you trap an elf it asks you a question and it's things like you know which of these words begins with the letter d and things like that and uh and you like climb your way up to the mountain and find hidden treasure and stuff and i mean it's a dos game from like 1990 uh, oh my gosh. And uh, <laughs> one of those things I like went and downloaded DOSBox and like figured out how to like navigate to folders and run programs in a like emulated version of DOS. Uh, so that's been pretty fun. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. We can, we can probably, we, <laughs> we don't digress our, enough. <laughs> our video game podcast is overlapping our sports podcast. Man. Um, That'd be like so, our sister channel. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Dan. Dan Vert now that I can't think of a funny name for that. You know, for for the fact that the sports world has been largely sort of dormant, yeah, you know. Uh, it, one of the stories of the century really broke uh, not too long ago. I, I, a few weeks ago, I guess. I, I have a uh-huh. weird perception of time at this point, but it's <laughs> it's official, dude. Tom Brady is gone. He is not the Patriots quarterback anymore. Oh, man. And it's like, you know, we we talked about it last year a few different times about how just stale their offense looked and how really he didn't look that great at times. And so it's it's not yeah. like. I don't know, but it's still this feeling of just like. God, you know, a mixture of like, oh, man, we're screwed now. And also just like it really has been 20 freaking years. And that just yeah. is a mind-boggling amount of time the way i like to see it is yeah it sucks and you know as much as we wish like we have brady for the rest of our uh our uh rest of our lives you know that's just that's not you know that's not the reality and plus you know he's he's what 42 now i mean he's what is it 42 years old now yeah i mean the dude's arm is gonna give out eventually man 
Like, or or if he keeps playing, you know, he's like one one bad hit away from like his career ending. So, I mean, if he can keep it up, then by all means, do it. But you and me both knew that, you know, this ride couldn't last forever. Like it never yeah. does. I mean, like, and I'm speaking on experience from the Chicago Bulls. Like, you know, uh, I was a, I became I was a Bulls fan because of Michael Jordan, and then when when the Bulls just like melted after after him and everybody left after Michael and everybody left like you know you know I, I remember staying on the record and you know like I jumped off that bandwagon like became a Raptors fan for a little bit and then went back to like the Bulls and vowed I would never uh, desert like uh, my quote unquote favorite team or teams ever again and um, and it's gonna rain true uh, rain true for this one um, you know New England yeah. is always gonna be my team like I I love this team before uh, before we were you know you know the evil empire that everybody hated you know <laughs> it's true shout out shout out the tree for calling it the evil empire your name tree yeah. um, but I mean it's it was it was one hell of a ride we yeah. got to we got to experience 20 years of competent quarterback play hit or miss with this past year, but 20 years of having competent quarterback play, but definitely teams would kill for that, man. Teams would kill for like three consecutive years of consistency. We had that for 20 great, awesome years had their ups and downs, but we were in the conversation of championship every year when Brady hit his stride. Yep. And, and that's something special. Like it's a weird feeling of like, it sort of feels like, okay, now the Patriots are just another NFL team. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like his presence on that team. Just, you felt differently about it. Yeah. You just kind of felt like, and it wasn't that, Oh, they win every year. Cause obviously they, they've had some high profile defeats in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, but it just sort of was like, you know, you always have a shot, no matter how kind of mediocre the rest of the team might be in a given year, mm-hmm. you know. And besides, and it's like, yeah, I I can't think of maybe it is like the equivalent of like being a Bulls fan in 1999, because like, yeah, it just kind of feels like, oh, man, now we're just kind of back to normal. Maybe how Warriors fans felt this year. I don't know. Well, the Warriors will be back, though, because they still have um Clay Thompson and uh, Steph Curry, right, and Draymond Green. Like, I mean, we we will be without our general. I mean, the only guy that's worth a damn, like uh, that's that's notable in the offense, is Julian Edelman, and he's what going to be what thirty four or thirty five soon. So, so it's so he's not too far from you know either leaving the team or or retiring himself. So. I mean, we we are like in a transition. We are we are going to be in a rebuild, and it's it, it's it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. But I will I will still be sitting here uh, rooting for my Patriots, man. Like, yeah. and and it's like a rooting rooting for our Patriots. And and you know maybe finally it'll like go back to normal, and we can just be a normal NFL fan base again too. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> It, we didn't win the, the championship every year and stuff, and that made me think about like uh, what was it like? Ep- it was, think about episode one. It was just like um, we didn't have to win every year, but like every year, it, 
the team was fun to watch. They're fun to watch. Yep. And every every year they were they were fun to watch. Even when even the 06 Patriots, they were like, how the hell is Brady doing this with Ben Watson as his go-to receiver? And how the heck is, are we still getting by with like guys like Rashe Caldwell and Jabbar Gaffney? <laughs> or like yeah. how how the heck they did they win that, a Super Bowl? They were that close to winning a championship with that team. And that is I know. That's what made it fun. Impressive. Like like collapse aside, which wasn't fun, but the fact is we have we have our memories to look back on. Like yep. we we can look back on the, on that on that team, and then we can look back on how in the hell did they win with with uh, <clears throat> Jermaine Wiggins, David Patton, and uh, and uh, Dion Branch. Yeah. <laughs> Without too many spoilers, we're probably just going to do an entire episode on Brady at some point uh, because of. That's how important it is to us. Uh, but that is neither here nor now. Um, but yeah, and as far as as far as uh, Tom himself goes, I mean, I really don't. I don't know. I wish he'd stayed in a way, but, you know, I don't I don't wish him any ill will. I don't hope that he nah, sucks on the Buccaneers nah. or anything. No, nah. shoot, I want him to. I want him to actually elevate the Buccaneers. I like to actually see the Bucks win something. You know, I. Uh, you know, I think. I, I think it will be kind of you know Joe Montana on the Chiefs like, mm. and people forget, but he was good on those teams, and those teams were good. And I want to say, I think his first or second year there, they lost in like the AFC Championship game. So like, mm. they weren't a bad team while he was there for certain. Or um, maybe he could be Brett Favre, except actually win the <laughs> the, the conference title game. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, Brett, Brett Favre on the Vikings. Tee. Um, Brett on the Vikings. Um, were you sad? Um, were you sad? Were because like were you sad when you when you heard the news and when you saw it became official when he signed the contract and everything? Were you were you any sad or just like just indifferent about it? I mean, you know, in in this kind of very, very bizarre world we live in now, like it's hard to get super upset about something like that. But it it was sort of like, I don't know, you know, I surreal. Yes. So, again, without stepping on that future topic too much, I literally became a football fan the year he became a starter uh, <laughs> just because like I had kind of gotten to the right age and started kind of following it on my own. And that was a thing that, you know, as I've said before on the show, that was like a thing that my dad and I really bonded over. Mm. And so literally like I haven't known an NFL without Tom Brady in it. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's a bit of a strange feeling in that regard too, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, almost like a symbolic ending of my childhood, even though that ended, mm. you know, a long time ago. That's where we kind of differ, you know. You said you you start uh, following football uh, real good when Brady was our full time starter. Like before, like I was, I was there bef- with um, with Drew Bledsoe, you know, as as my full time starter. Um, I didn't, I guess I didn't start following until like I guess later on in his career. But um, but yeah, uh, break, uh, like Drew was my first quarterback. Uh, and it, it's it's a little bit I guess it feels a little bit different because of like uh, Brady was like he he came after that and like I guess it's like 
Drew Bledsoe was like the pioneer of Patriot quarterbacks to me. And then it's like Brady perfected it when he came came in after, you know? So it's like, yes, he he was still he's still my childhood, but like um like similar to yours. But uh my childhood, you know, symbolically uh is represented by uh like uh well started out with Drew Bledsoe. So <laughs> At least for me, and this is, God, we're almost getting into like detox territory, but in a way it's sort of, you know, (laughs) at least for me, I kind of tend to view life as a series of moments and a series of sort of eras of things and things are constantly changing. You may think of things as a constant, but, you know, really everything has its own expiration date in a sense. And birth, death and taxes are the only thing that's guaranteed in this world. (laughs) And like I said, I don't. I wouldn't even say sad is the is the word I would use to describe it, but it's just sort of like, you know, it's 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 a reminder of the passage of time, I guess. I'm going to I'm going to turn into like Keith Olbermann or something here. <laughs> I guess I was sad by like the fact that he wasn't finishing off his career as as a patriot, but I've seen a lot of like I've seen a lot of things, like a lot of sports teams, players, um uh, family members uh, and a lot of moments in my life come and go. So yeah. it, it was just like, to me, I'm, I'm like accustomed to seeing like a beginning and an end to things. He can't play this game forever. And it's just like, right. I'm just, I guess just coming to grips to it. And I, I could tell like, it was sort of like, it was, it was like the end of his tenure in new England when it comes to just, appreciating just the, all the memories it left that makes me feel less sad about it because I don't think I can't remember any any team except for maybe like the Lakers or the uh the Boston Celtics back in like the what the 60s to who could who hmm. could say or brag that their team was like in the championship picture or like were seen as like dominant for like Two decades, <laughs> like particularly like, in a sport where the rules are specifically set up to prevent that from happening. <laughs> like, I mean, people repeating in the NFL, man. Like, like no one has repeated in the NFL except for New England. Yeah, in in, in this last in in this last what two decades, man. Yeah. Well, let me see the the last team to repeat. What? Who was it? Was uh, John Elway's Broncos? Denver, yeah. The, the, <laughs> Let's see. The Packers got close, but John Elway stopped them. The mm. Seahawks got close. Oh, yeah. But then, but then they didn't run it with Lynch. Uh, Dang. I'm thinking. I'm, when you say Lynch, I'm thinking of Lynch from home movies. <laughs> Mr. Lynch. Yeah. No, David Yow. Lynch. Imagine a football game directed by David Lynch. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it really doesn't happen much. And, I, you know, it's it's kind of cliche to be like, oh, you'll never see something like that again. But truth be told, you will. I don't I mean, it's so rare now, even for really good coaches to stay in mm-hmm. one place for that long. Right. And, uh-huh. you know, great quarterbacks usually play their most of their career for one team because, you know, they're good enough to retain value. Yeah. Yeah, the the like idea of like that partnership between, you know, a great quarterback and a great coach, you know. Yeah, I guess they're both trying to prove that they can do it by themselves. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. No, right. And I mean, maybe that'll be 
Andy Reid and Mahomes, but it seems like, you know, Reid is probably closer to retirement than than uh than you would think. Like I'm not sad. It's just like Yeah. It's just like, well, it had to end and it's just like as he was getting up in in years, it's just like okay. So it's it's gonna be time to let go. So it's kinda like he's inching closer and closer and closer and closer. And it's like it's inevitable at that point. It's like, yeah. okay, it's much easier to let it go versus you know, hey, Andrew Luck was uh, comeback player of the year last year. And then next, you know what? Nope, I'm done. Yeah. Well, dang. I, yeah, I, I almost wish in a way. And, you know, that's just the part of me that likes cinematic moments. But, you know, I almost wish that it had ended with him nailing that throw to Gronk in the Super Bowl. But, you know, screw it. We got one more year. And it, like you were saying, you know, the memories are are worth something, too. Everything has a beginning, a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. But like, what what keeps me going in life? I guess it does sound detoxy to me. It's just <laughs> the mem the memories that that it yeah. left behind. Like whether it's good or bad memories, somewhere in between. Like it all culminates into just like it all ends up just coming together as good good times because um, I'm proud to have memories. Because, you know, based off the background you know, I would work at, shoot, man, memories were are more valuable than gold. Like running it, running into or taking care of people who who have lost their memory, like they've lost parts of their uh, crucial parts of their memories and all that. Like, yeah. that's what makes me like count my blessings of being like having the memories I have, like the people that I knew who are dead and gone. Uh, the, the memories that I create with you, the memories that I create yep. my my fiance, the memories that I create with my little nephew who who on turn into turn sixteen, which I feel really flipping old now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> once again, happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Um but all those memories right now, like even with this whole, you know, uh uh COVID nineteen stuff, like this is we're gonna be looking back on this, and if we're blessed, if we're blessed enough to to survive this and whatnot, like we're gonna have those memories of being like, well, th that that was a shit time, but it in ways it brought us together, or yeah. brought us closer together, or it helped us get creative in certain ways to stay connected with people, or it had it. Or it allowed us to learn more about ourselves and to and to build us up so we can press on forward and become better people. That's that's the thing I'm talking about in terms of memories. With the Patriots, it's like Brady is gone, but I can tell my kids, my grandkids, and um, if God wills it or the universe wills it or, or or whatever whoever you believe in wills it, I can tell my great grandkids. And that's what I feel right now. Like yeah. it's, it's just I, I don't feel sad. I feel like, dang. I feel like just damn. That's it. Yeah. But then I just feel more reflective. Yeah. Of like, wow, it was a great run. Watched the greatest ever. Got to see him in person at least once. You know, ain't so bad. Yes. But ooh, yeah. Good deal. Good luck, Tom. Good luck, uh, Tommy.
I remember watching the XFL back in what 2001, and I guess from what I had seen, I, I was entertained. Uh, it was too much wrestling in it. Uh, too many wrestling personalities in it and whatnot. So it, w- it was no wonder why they folded. But here with this year, uh, with, uh, with the new XFL, they actually, they put football, football guys in, uh, in place. I mean, they, they had Andrew Luck's father be the commissioner and stuff. So they had football minds and football people in this business. And they spent more time trying to get people together and trying to get people to practice, like, well, getting more time, uh, I guess, uh, for the coaches, players and stuff. Um, it, it was, uh, the football was much better quality than what I remembered. And I guess from the highlights I've seen, you know, from years past of the first iteration of the XFL. And when I watched it, I was like, okay, it's not the, it's not the NFL, but it, I, I don't want it to be the, the NFL. I I don't like it doesn't need to be better than the NFL. I was just flipping glad that we had football in the springtime, like, you know, late winter, early spring. And it was really awesome. And it was great being able to see players that who weren't really given an opportunity like in the NFL or they were, but they never cut. And then uh, you love seeing their seeing their, uh, them display their talents. And then like some of the scouts would be like, Oh man, maybe we were wrong about this guy. Like it was, it was great seeing like uh, seeing guys I had never heard of, and all of a sudden they they were like became new stars right before my eyes. Like like PJ Walker, and then uh, my personal favorite Jordan Tamu. Like hmm. like the, the, and like you know, of course you're seeing like you know your um, I guess your has-beens, I guess quote unquote has-beens, or guys who used to play in the NFL who are trying to get back in the league, or who just or uh, you know old veterans or veterans that just want to play you know, play some more, uh, cause they just love the game and, and just, and just seeing like a, a fresh slate of players just play and seeing the new rules and all that stuff, especially seeing them like scattering like little ants, you know, like in the new kickoff rule when one, when they're like one standing like on the 25 and one standing like at the, at the, uh, at the 30. And then once, once the ball is caught in play, then they just scatter, <laughs> try to get the ball, uh, tackle the, uh, the player with the ball. That was fun. Um, and it, it was like it was fun like it was great to have in the background i mean that's what i did with a lot of the games uh in the background but then there were some like real good gems and stuff and like for what it was it was really fun like it was more fun than the original xfl and like i know i had missed like the last couple of weeks as I, I had been busy and then i was like okay cool like that's all right. I'll I'll keep watching, and and then next you know what? That's when the coronavirus like hit, and then just suspended like, may, uh, forced uh, these leagues to suspend operations. But I was heartbroken when hearing about the XFL not only suspending operations, but just like closing, straight up going bankrupt. Yeah, and not going, and then and then not announcing any plans for twenty twenty one. And yeah. and it was all because of the coronavirus because and because I honestly think XFL had something they definitely had something over the AAF for crying out loud St Louis had hope they had a team that they could be proud of man the yeah. Battle Hawks man I wanted to get me a Battle Hawks jersey 
Like I, I wanted to print out a, a, an image of Jordan Tamu and put it in my cubicle at work. That's why I was like, I was, I was be, I was being like a little bit of a fan. I was looking forward to the XFL every weekend. I was. Yeah. It's not at the level of the NFL, but it was, it was just football, and it just, it sucks that it's gone. It's hard to say whether it would have caught on, you know, ratings wise and become profitable, but you know. They it really seemed like they had learned from their mistakes. And, you know, they had they said did. they had said that under like normal circumstances that they had enough money to run the league for at least two years, which honestly, I think, yeah, I think that is enough time that if you're going to catch on, you will during that time. And but, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just I mean, it's a, you know. It's. They just had to look when something like that happens. That is a unprecedented historical event. You just kind of throw up your hands and go, I guess it's just not meant to be, you know, like I really want the XFL to succeed because they really did put in a lot of work and just for something out of their control to, to just straight up torpedo that into a million pieces. It fucking sucks. It's not fair. And it's just like, they don't, again, like, I could care less if they like be in a league for like, you know, two, three years and then fold it. But the fact is, the goal is like, yeah, the goal is to make money, but are you entertained? Are you, are you entertaining audiences? And I was entertained. And the fact that we won't never know how entertaining they could have been or even, um, being able to see the rematch and a championship game between uh, the the Houston Roughnecks versus the St. Louis Bowhawks, PJ Walker versus uh, Jordan Tamu going at it, seeing who would be the, the MVP of the league, I will never know. Yeah. And that sucks. <laughs> it does. Yeah. St. Louis, once again, doesn't have a football team anymore. Why is this world so cruel to, to St. Louis? All they want is a football team. <laughs> they just want a football team they can believe in. Given two high-profile failures in the last two years, do you think, I mean, do you think it'll be like 10, 20 years before somebody tries spring football again? I, I, I don't think, based off the money and stuff and based off those lay, money they're losing, they, they were losing with the XFL when it was shut down and they uh, saw the money they the WWE has been losing lately, especially with the whole um, coronavirus stuff. I don't think Vince is going to open it up anymore. I think uh, I think he's just going to focus on wrestling. Oh, no, I mean, Vince is I, done. I, but I mean, like, do you think do you think anyone will try this anytime soon? Yeah, this is always going to be a, a football league, but I can't see it right now. I know there will be people that will try and uh, create a league, but I guess with all the stuff that's happened with the AAF that that botched everything, and then with uh, and then with the XFL where they just lost due to uh, you know terrible cir- uh, unfortunate circumstances, it, it's going to be a while yeah. till another football league opens up. I mean, I mean, look look the Arena Football League like. You know, I think last year. That's died. right. Yeah, they folded after. So a while, we only I got mean. this. So we got like what the CFL. We got like I think the in no indoor football league. I think died. Like they do have like another like arena league somewhere. Like I know there's an arena league that exists because the um uh what the Carolina 
Copperheads or something. No, no, the Carolina Cobras. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that playing Greensboro. Yeah, that that's the thing. But in terms of like on a massive scale, I, I can't see it. At least maybe not for another ten years. Yeah, I would say probably at least. I don't because too many too many businesses have already have already failed in like a short amount of time. I mean, we're talking what like. Within a year's time, two business businesses have failed. Yeah, and I mean, and, it's and just, to the AAF, like you know, a month and some change too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just hard, man. It's hard to. It all hinges on if you can get audiences to buy in, because way more so than selling tickets. I mean, the money comes in from those TV deals, and if. Mm-hmm. You can't get enough people to buy in to want to watch, then you know you're just kind of SOL, and it doesn't really matter in the end. And some people are never the same after that, man. I mean, um, I mean, um, take take a look at one of the um, one of the guys that had their hand in uh, the USFL. He's still bitter about that, you know, with the whole, um, you know, when he was like, you know, bashing Cap and and uh, and the owners and stuff, the NFL, and then the NFL was like, you know had a big F you to him. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about, but I digress. <laughs> Man, I don't want to open up that can of worms too much. I liked it better when the only thing Donald Trump had ruined was spring football. I think they were trying to take on, they were trying to take on the NFL head on by trying to move yeah. it to the fall and trying to get the TV deals from there instead of just focus on being the alternative. That's, that's why I, I don't like uh, about, about these leagues. They flew too close to the sun. Everybody like and and like I, I guess I'm going this little tangent here. Everybody wants to take on the big dog. Everybody wants to be the man. I mean, yes, if you don't have that mentality, then you shouldn't be in the business. But in business in you general, don't, honestly, yeah. <laughs> but but if to be a successful business, you you just all you, all you gotta do is just make is make a make a profit, right? To be a successful business. Well, no, you have to sometimes, you know, according to Wall Street, sometimes you are a failure, even if you grew, but didn't grow enough. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's, but there's different scales of success. Yeah. Like, no, I know. I know what you're saying. I'm just being a pedantic asshole. <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. That's why I love you. <laughs> but what a perfect example, TNA wrestling. When I watched them back in, I think, 2002 or 2003. Total nonstop action. Yeah, they just go by Impact Wrestling now. Dumb, but <laughs> I didn't know um, they still existed. Wow. They, they still do. My point exactly, and here's why. They were the alternative to WWE. I wasn't looking for them. To, like I was going to love my WWE regardless, but it was great seeing new guys, guys I had never seen before. Like uh, me being able to get acquainted to new with uh, new stars on TV. That's how I discovered a, a, a little guy named the phenomenal AJ Styles. And he was and he was the man in TNA. Now, with them, they they had this idea of like, you know, they were doing TV tapings and all that stuff. And, you know, they had like a good following and stuff. But. They're bringing in ex WWE members and stuff. Okay, that's fine. But then they started going on live shows on Monday nights. 
Monday Night Raw right, was on Monday Night. On, trying to take on Raw. Yes. They're trying to do their own Monday Night Wars. And they got crushed every single week. They got crushed pretty much week in and week out to the point where they had to retreat back to Thursday nights. Hmm. And they, I, I think they had never been the same since then because they were trying to take on the big dog head on when they didn't have that money or that type of power. Like they should have just been the alternative. Even AJ, AJ Styles, who who left TNA because they lowballed him because, you know, he paid his dues and he was like their John Cena and they refused to pay him his worth. He said they uh, uh, they just they just had all this. And, you know, they um, when he was talking about AEW, he said they need to just work on being the alternative because WWE has the money that probably that company will never have access to. And that's okay. I think companies get too caught up in trying to, you know, dethrone the big dog and then try to, you know, know, write a check that their tush can't cash, you know? Yeah. And that's and that's why I want uh, these future like football leagues and uh, and sports leagues to just take note of like even if I had their home beginnings, but focus on. Being a good and entertainment product without worrying about trying to take on or dethrow the big dog because you will like you'll get trampled when trying to, you know, jump into traffic. So, (laughs) yeah, just because you're not the player in a given market doesn't mean that there isn't like some market there to be clawed out, you know. Uh, But, you know, I some of that, I think, is limitations of just a way of thinking that, you know, focuses only on the idea of creating infinite growth. And so you, you conquer an obstacle. And then the next thing you want to do is hit the next obstacle instead of going, Hey, this is going well, let's keep managing this. Well, you know, every business that becomes wildly successful immediately branches out into other things because that's what you're supposed to do. That's how you create, right? Yeah, that's how you create more growth. (laughs) And then that's what, you know, inevitably leads a lot of, you know, a lot of businesses to burn out because you, you overstretch and you stretch beyond your means. Like these businesses now aren't even like the AAF and the XFL, they weren't even around long enough to branch out. Yep. (laughs) Yep. It's true. Oh, so yeah, R.I.P. XFL. Like you, you'll have a place in my heart. Yes. <laughs> Again, <laughs> big ups to Tommy Maddox. <laughs> yes, Tommy Maddox, XFL MVP. And good luck, P.J. Walker with the Panthers. And uh, good luck, Jordan Tomu, wherever you are. All right, D, we need to talk. Oh, all right. Is this a is this gonna be a detox or is this gonna be like let's talk and let's just like shred something? Uh I like, think like limp, is, limp biscuit style. <laughs> I think we're gonna be we're gonna be bringing back uh what was your what was your segment where you were gonna be like mad at stuff? What was that called? And I made Oh the I hit made, the hit list? The heat list. 
The heat, the, the this, is gonna be, this is going to be the return of the heat list, but it will be for one item. Ow! I, it's just, it's just so perplexing. I hate them. Gonna get eliminated in the first or second round every year. What, was, what were you smoking? Or what gave you any ounce of a tip of an idea of it being a good idea? I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. The heat list. So, we need to talk about a uh, gentleman named Bill O'Brien. Oh who, boy, not again. So the Texans uh, fired their general manager, Brian Gain, uh, last year. So mm. right around this time last year, a little more than a year ago, it was like January, uh, whatever of uh, 20. It was whatever. <laughs> in essence, essence, in essence, uh, at that point, they basically mm-hmm. didn't interview or bring in someone new. And so Bill O'Brien, a coach, a career coach who has uh-huh. no background whatsoever in making personnel decisions became in essence, the GM of the team. And it's been sort of perceived in the media that he kind of won a power struggle. Uh, yeah. Think yeah. about like the situation that led to Jim Harbaugh leaving the, uh, uh, leaving the 49ers or way back in the day oh. or way back in the day, Bill Parcells leaving the Patriots because he wanted more control over personnel decisions. Oh, um, oh, that's why he left. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the famous quote where he was like, you know, if, the, if you're going to cook the dinner, you'd think they'd let you shop for some of the groceries. Oh, tuna. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was a whole was, uh, of tuna. That whole thing where uh, the story that he was going to leave broke like right before the Super Bowl that year when uh, when the Patriots were mm. in the Super Bowl with Bledsoe in 97. Um, anyways, mm. uh, that's neither here nor there. So Bill O'Brien became the de facto GM of the Texans. And I'm be honest, this is like, I mean... You know, I think we need about an equal level of incredulity to Nathan Peterman's run as a starting quarterback to uh, Bill to Bill O'Brien's run as a general manager, because honestly, it's about the same level of competence. Well, to be fair, Nathan Peterman was like a uh, was kind of like a comedy wrestler. Like there was entertainment. There was entertainment value to that to him when he went here, whenever he was out on the field. Bill O'Brien just sucks. I mean, in a sense, there kind of is some <laughs> entertainment value to this for, you know, but probably more in the sense of like people that people who thought it was funny when Trump won kind of thing, uh, where it's just like people who just enjoy watching things fall apart. But Bill, Bill O'Brien is, uh, is like, he, he lost all entertainment quality to me. Like, I'm not even like trying to laugh at him. I'm just like, I have like a metaphorical flaming pitchfork at hand right now from like you know, the recent stuff he the recent uh, moves he you know, made. Oh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, uh, like I'm trying so, to hold my rage. <laughs> so we covered some of this last time, but he mm-hmm. I just I like to always go back when we have a story like this and contextualize things because I think it helps. Well, you like Wayne from Wayne's World. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Remember that Bill O'Brien traded two first round draft picks for Laramie Tunsil, the offensive lineman who really didn't actually do much to make Deshaun Watson's life easier this past year. He took less hits, though, to be fair. I, I mean, guess. he took fewer hits, but it was not 
four first or two first round picks worth. Yeah, I give you that. And <laughs> and yet under his watch, the defense just completely fell apart and was so bad that they just couldn't even slow the Chiefs down. Well, I mean, that that's because, like, you know, they're trying to put their all their eggs in J.J. Watt of, like, you know, thinking he's he's a player five years ago, but, but and, like, three, four severe injuries before that. And then, you know, hey, the guy that they traded, like, they when they traded for Laramie Tunsil, guess what? They uh, they unloaded freaking um, <laughs> Clowney, which part, which would have definitely helped them during during that uh, that game. But to be, to be clear, <laughs> to be clear, that was not on the same trade. That was a separate trade where he just kind of dumped Clowney for basically like peanuts. But why would you do that then if you weren't going to gain nothing? Because let's be clear, he's a coach and clearly a coach that values, you know, values personalities. And so it behooves you to not have the coach be the same guy who's freaking negotiating contracts, right? Because I think we can understand that realistically that trade happened because Clowney wanted a new contract. Uh, okay, I I get and so, that. And so Bill like, basically when yeah, I just don't want to negotiate with this guy, you're gone. And so he just dumped the guy to get him off the team, which is not what a competent GM should do. Uh so mm. so he's already made a mess of the roster. And then news comes down. Uh, really right in the middle of this, you know, the whole coronavirus thing. And it was, you know, kind of funny because it was kind of nice to have like a normal football thing to be mad about for a few days. Um, (laughs) News comes down that uh, Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the freaking NFL for uh, to Arizona. Of this decade. To Arizona for David Johnson, who... I admit I'm a David Johnson stand because he was on my fantasy team and I want to believe he's better than he is, but he really is kind of just a broken down shell at this point. Yeah, I've been good in three years, and, man. And a second round pick. <laughs> and I can't even keep a straight face as I'm reading this. And a 2021 fourth rounder. That is the equivalent of a freaking like, like, some used toilet paper and a pack of big league chew. Like and and let's and 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 here's the punch. Here's here's the uh, here's the follow up. The money that they could have used to like because it wasn't a money issue. Like if 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 it was the money that they they could have used to extend um, Hopkins and make sure he was a Texan, you know, for the rest of his career. They took that money and. Spent it on Randall Cobb. Yup. And they're trying to make him the number one receiver. Yep. Like and, this, uh, this is it's fitting that we're that we're talking about this on 420 because I'm pretty certain it, there, there's there's no sane person that would make that decision. No, we are basically witnessing what would happen. Cause you know, I think we've all had either like maybe that uncle or that family friend who always has bright ideas for what the local team should do. And it's always a little insane. We're basically witnessing what would happen if everyone's uncle became the general manager of an NFL team. Uh, uh, nope. No, 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 nobody's uncle's that stupid. 
I mean, <laughs> okay, we're witnessing what would happen if, like, the guy at the bar with the red hot sports takes uh, became the general manager of an NFL team. Uh, we're talking about the, we're is, talking about the guys, the Moneyball guys that at that form, like in that Facebook group, you used to be part of. That is what we're talking about. <laughs> Those guys, and it is breathtaking <laughs> the amount of damage he has done. I honestly thought he had been the general manager for longer than that. It is breathtaking the amount of damage he's done to this team in basically just a year. There's no, uh, there's no future, and then there, there's, there's no, and there's no present. Yes. Yeah. They are. How do you, how do you f*** that up so bad? And like and, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to either rebuild, you're supposed to build, not tear down. Or if you're gonna go all in, you're supposed to be have a competent team that can get it done. You're, you're not even, you're, you're at this point now. You're, you're probably not even a wild card team now. That's how much damage they have done by just getting rid of De- DeAndre Hopkins alone. They're probably not even a playoff team. And, 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 and. Oh, uh, yeah, Brandon Cooks. Yes. And then <laughs> randomly he turned around and traded a second rounder uh, for Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth rounder. So they now have some very kind of 2006 Patriots esque receiving core of like oft injured Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, who has had a number of concussions. Randall Cobb, who is a shell of himself. Kenny Stills, DeAndre, who is... DeAndre Carter. Kiki Koti. Kiki like, Koti. Like, uh, yeah, no, it's not good. And the, that is horrible. The level of squandering of the talent of Deshaun Watson is just... it. That, that does piss me off. Like, that does piss me off. It's and funny like he, up until the point that you realize one of the most fun players in the game is gonna basically have like like i mean it's gonna be like a john elway first half of career except elway actually got to play in the super bowl like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a great player on a crap team for i mean for basically as long as he's there until he hopefully is smart enough to realize that he needs to leave in free agency mm -hmm. it's it's bad dude is, I tell you, he, uh, he's, this is, I want to say it's like, you know, if this, them trade DeAndre Hopkins away, it's like, it's like they have Michael Jordan on their team. They have a Scottie Pippen and they just like, they get rid of Scottie Pippen before you know what? they can you, really hit their stride. No, 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 no. You know what it's like? You know what it's like? It's like, uh, it's like trading away Mookie Betts in his prime for peanuts because you don't want to pay him. Yeah, it's like that. And, imagine, and imagine if you had, imagine if you had people in charge that were stupid enough to do that. Glad, thank, glad that never happened. Yeah, I'll tell you, sarcasm is over nine thousand right now. But, um, but th- this is like they're gonna have a Le- a LeBron James situation on their hands. It's like. They are they are like the Cleveland Cavaliers where um where their where their other best player is their their other like their their only decent player is like Daniel Gibson or Drew Gooden or uh or Aaron Anderson Verajao. 
God. Like, that's it. Yeah, that's that's what the Texans are doing right now with Deshaun Watson. And he is going to f*** off to somewhere else, as he should, because they are not taking care of him. They are not taking care of the franchise. They're not even look like they want to win. I know you, you want to win, but you're not showing any type of competency of showing that you really do want to win. Because if you did want to win, you will keep your you will keep at least your top two players intact. One of the best quarterback wide receiver duos, man. You think Belichick would get rid of like someone like that? He could. He would if he's on a decline. DeAndre Hopkins was not on the decline at all. Dude, this is what I mean. At this all. is like, you know, because let's be clear. Bill O'Brien is from the Belichick tree. This is like such a cartoonish. He ain't like, earned that right to be Belichick-like, man. A, and neither has Matt Patricia. It is a, None of them have earned it. It is a cartoonish. And same thing, Matt Patricia has done some very kind of brain genius type stuff. I say that I ironically, you know. All the other coaches that were under uh, Bill Belichick have become hacks. They have become hacks and they have failed. So, so no one has earned the right to be Belichick-like until they show that they can prove prove themselves, man. Well, it shows a fundamental misunderstanding of like what Bill does. It shows Bill, insanity. That's what it shows. Now we don't know if it's true. There were rumors circulating that uh, basically uh, Bill didn't like DeAndre personally, and that's part of why, like he, you know, whatever. Uh, there's there's truth in, in between the two words, uh, two sides, you know, and it's got, who knows if that's true or not, but uh, it, it, I don't look past him again. It's that thing Sorry. where he clearly went. I just don't want to like go through the thing of like negotiating with this guy and then have to coach him. So he's gone. He treated him like he's he treated him like he's Antonio Brown or something, man. Yeah. He he did not do anything really to warrant being traded away or like, you know, um uh like what is it? Being compared to like in in I guess in some way like not having this meeting since like what Aaron Hernandez or something whatever like they mentioned like that. But Right. Yeah, yeah. He I was remember, never a, yeah. he never had character issues. He was a selfless guy. Yep. And he put up his numbers and I'm telling you they should have tried all they could to keep him on that on that team and to make him happy because he performed the as the best receiver and he had guys like Tom Savage and like uh they had guys like Tom Savage and three other Joe Schmoes throwing him the football before Jason Watson. And he was still a world beater at wide receiver. There's also, by the way, uh, So don't give me that, Bill O'Brien. There's been some reporting <laughs> since then too that essentially because of the sheer, because again, it's just, you know, even Belichick has like people that help him make personnel decisions. He doesn't do mm-hmm. all of the scouting and all of the negotiating all himself. They have a system in place. He has people around him that he trusts. You know, it's a, it's a friggin' like well-oiled machine. There has been some reporting that O'Brien basically because you literally just don't have time to do both of these jobs at once tends to like only really negotiate with like one team when he's trying to make a trade. And so apparently it sounds like didn't even really call around to like benchmark what he was being offered for Hopkins because, you know, whatever the guy was busy, I guess he was preparing for the draft or who the hell knows. 
But the Vikings got a first round pick for the sh- for for Stefan Diggs. Yep. I don't want to hear it. Yep. <laughs> That's my point. That's why you need a real GM and not someone's uncle. Um, Even if you don't have time to like to, to do to do that said job. Anybody having a brain should know that is not a good trade. Yeah. At least a first round pick. Shoot, I would at least say a late, uh, even if it was a late first round pick, okay, at least you got a first round pick, got some value. <laughs> you got something. They got nothing, dude. No, they got they got nothing. So I thought it'd be fun to do a flash forward of our of our later segment. I figured we could read some of these Bill O'Brien quotes and funny voices just to really double down on making fun of him. Uh, I just honestly, this headline is funny. Texans O'Brien to unhappy fans. Let the DeAndre Hopkins trade play out. No, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, here we go. Go, go here. Go here. I'm going to highlight a paragraph and I want you to read this paragraph to me. Pick whatever voice you would like. When you go back to Larry Tunsil, can he still trade? That was about 150, 200 phone calls. Steve Keem, you're talking about another 100 calls where you're talking about a lot of different things, including the health of DeAndre, not just David. (laughs) We feel very, very good to be able to get the 40th pick. Being able to get David Johnson, O'Brien said. We feel really good about it when we looked at the analytics of it based on the production that was leaving the team, our team, and the production we are bringing in. I just want to zoom out for a second. I understand that, like, you know, these guys, these guys give quotes to media and they just kind of it's all throwaway content and nobody cares. But let's 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 take that comment and let's just pick it apart for a minute it makes me think of that Billy Madison scene. That has got to be by far the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That nothing that you said is any comes to even close resembling an answer. Everybody is now stupider after all that. May God um, have mercy on your soul. like i I didn't quote exactly but like i guess i was paraphrasing it but he's like a simple no would have (laughs) sufficed but okay (laughs) so i'm sorry but someone who uses the phrase we looked at the analytics of it doesn't know what the analytics is he hasn't even been doing analytics so what the hell and based on the production that was leaving the team and the production we are bringing in. So, uh, so a hundred to five. Okay. A hundred leaving five coming in. Yeah. Yeah. That is, you could have did without that one. If he, if he was writing a paper, you would be an editor and you would edit that line out. (laughs) Even if you're getting 2016 David Johnson, which honestly I would put the chances of that right about New Orleans. I would put the same. I, I would give that about the same chance Bernie Sanders has of winning the 2020 presidential election as a write-in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so no, but even if you accept that premise, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the sport and how the sport values different positions. You can find production at running back. Uh, you can. And, 
you know, as much as I, you know, previously I railed against, you know, the Mookie Betts trade and the sort of like endless march to like min-maxing everything to the sacrifice of everything else, including like your own sanity. But Mm -hmm. it is true. And I think it's just been borne out many times that in the NFL, running backs are not nearly as valuable as we thought they were growing up. Uh, and uh, you can find, and I mean, I think it's clear by what the Cardinals did last year. They found someone who produced better than David Johnson, like in a midseason trade. Can you, so, can you Drake? <laughs> so if you could go on the waiver wire and find like 70% of a guy that's making like 12 million, then why the hell aren't you doing that? You know, that's, a a great player at receiver is head and shoulders more valuable than a great player running back. It just is, you know, unless you're, uh, unless you're the Tennessee Titans with uh, Derrick Henry. No, even in that case, honestly, like Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is, he was the offense. No, Derrick Henry is amazing. And he damn near single-handedly like got them to the Super Bowl, but he did. He is still a less valuable player than Deandre Hopkins. He just is. I, I I know, but like, and that has they, everything for, to do with the position team, that he plays. But for a team that does not have like a DeAndre Hopkins archetype at wide receiver, then the value go is is more up for for a running back. But yeah, in, in general, in the market, yeah, the 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 market is like is I guess at all time low is at all time low for running backs, which is which makes it interesting of uh, how um, how Zeke got, got all that money. But then again, Zeke was like, was, I mean, he he was killing it with the Cowboys. And honestly, I mean, I think the the Cowboys had no choice but to sign him. But I think it's arguable that even he's not worth that contract. Man. Just because of, it's just the sport. You can find running back production. And you can, frankly, with a good coach, you can scheme running back production. Um, so there just mm-hmm. isn't nearly as much of an incentive to dump so much money and so much capital into that position, particularly trading a generational talent away. It's just, it's an, uh, you know, I think it goes without saying it's an unconscionable decision. And it, you know, I, I think our use of silly character voices reading his quotes are fully justified. Man. (laughs) And here we go. Uh, Finish this one up. Give us, give us this very last quote here and then we'll move on from this. Okay. I think the best thing I could tell the fans is dot dot dot. I think we need to let it all play out. Let it play out. Let it all play out. Whether it's that whether it's that trade or anything else that we've done. Let's review it a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. Let's let it all play out. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that voice. First off, but also I just love. A guy who says, <laughs> a guy who says, no, you can't possibly evaluate my job performance now. You've got to wait a while. You know, no guy who's trying to keep his job has ever said that clearly. Dude, coaches get axed in like two years, man. That's what Hell, I'm saying. Sometimes one you, year. Especially this as a coach. And frankly, especially also as NFL. a GM. Rightly especially or wrongly. Especially in the NFL. You get judged the based NFL on. The NFL don't wait. And I'm telling you, if the Texans don't win 12 games this year and like they're not. play deep into the playoffs, it's they're going not. to be a failure. And I think they're, we, they're not they're not going to do it. And we know that's not going to happen because we're not, you know, we don't believe in magic and pixie dust. So it's not going no, to happen. No matter how much he, 
it's no not matter how much Deshaun has. It's not going to happen. The trade is a failure. The end. I don't feel I need to let it all play. Same thing. I don't, like I said before, I don't care how, you know, Alex Verdugo might be a two-win player three years from now. I don't want to let it all play <laughs> out. It's a bad <laughs> trade. The end. I love my brothers uh, so much. My old, my older brother, who is a a diehard Bears fan, love him very much. But boy, is his team so incompetent finding a uh, a quality starting quarterback. They've they've had some misses and this and and all that. I think this this off season really takes the cake. First of all, they miss on uh, like they whiff with Mitchell Trubisky. And everybody reminds them, all the media reminds them, oh, you could have had Patrick Mahomes. They would have found a way to kill Patrick Mahomes, too. So I don't even want to hear that as an ex- I don't want to hear that as an excuse. Like, well, they could have had that. He would, they would have still ruined them. So moving on with that. Um, the offseason, they're talking about, okay, well, Cam, they could get Cam Newton in a trade. Uh, they can get Cam in the offseason. Everybody's saying you should be getting Cam Newton in the offseason. That would help your team out immensely. It'll be better than what you have. But what did they do? They say no. They don't. They didn't want to take the bone that was being given by by all the fans and from like the media. They were like, nope. We want this guy. And this guy they're talking about. They talking about Nick Flipping Foles, Big Dick Nick. They grew so enticed with his. With his um his former Super Bowl MVP, he's not that guy. Sure, it wasn't his manhood. That too. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, I digress. They went from having a making a mistake in a draft uh, by drafting the wrong quarterback to trading for a bad contract to replace the the screw up that they had in that draft in the first place. So they covered up. So they so they covered up a botch with another move that was a botch. How incompetent can you be for for the for the for the quarterback position? It is it, like it is saying something when Jay Cutler is the best quarterback you've ever had. It's saying something, and they could have had Cam Newton. If drafting Mitchell Trubisky was Carl Lewis trying to hit that high note. Uh, acquiring Nick Foles was them saying, all right, I'm going to make up for it now. It makes up for nothing. They, they're they're going to be on the books for a bad contract that Jacksonville um, uh, messed up on. And by the way, we're to call it on that one. It was a terrible contract and, and yeah, and they, yeah. Yeah, they, it was just not worth it. Well, maybe you shouldn't freaking bid against yourself. No one else was offering him even close to that. And if, again, just like with O'Brien, if you even have a mild sense of the market, you realize you're the one with the leverage. Anyway, that's beside the point. I just wanted to mm, hammer that nail a little bit. Man, and I'm, and I'm telling you, with that, they, they, don't, they also don't, don't kind of like strap their team for cash because they got to they pay, um, pay Nick Foles that guaranteed money that... Um, uh, that's uh, that the Jaguars are off the books of, and when they could have had Cam Newton at a discounted price. Yep. 
So and so, why aren't they going after him when, when they can get him on the cheap? Hell, Jameis Winston would be better. I know you don't like Jameis Winston, but I saw talent when I, could, when I saw it because I have a soft spot for him because he, he, he was one of those primetime players that helped lead me to like my, my fantasy Super Bowl. But he was also the guy that lost me the Super Bowl. So either way, he's got the goods. He makes mistakes, but he's a much better player than Mitchell Trubisky. So why couldn't they just wait it on him? But no, they had to severely overtrade and overpay for a guy of like who's who has flamed out like multiple times. He flamed out with St. Louis, um, with St. Louis at that time. Um, and he flamed out again. Well, he didn't really flame out, but you know they had a newer guy that they want to give the reins to. But you know he would fill in when he could. You know, but he was who he was. That that uh, that year when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, it was, that was like okay. He had like a little bit of Super Bowl magic, and plus the incompetence of the Patriots defense in that game. Um, despite of like Brady having like five hundred yards passing in that game, almost single handedly winning us the game. But the defense single handedly lost us the darn game. So take those parts into consideration what has Nick Foles really done except you know be a competent backup and they're hyping him as their starting quarterback there was 27 and 2 I guess but yeah no your point is well taken it doesn't make sense everybody and their mom was telling them get Cam Newton and they didn't even entertain the idea they might have but definitely didn't put much thought into that and that ticks me off right now because we were hacked, like, I guess I'm going on, like, you know, on a tangent right here, but we, we would rather overpay for our Nick Foles and have uh, two black quarterbacks, competent black quarterbacks, not have a market for them who are currently free agents. That doesn't make sense to me. One was a 5,000 yard rusher, one was an actual, was a former league. MVP and who is leagues ahead of uh, that former Super Bowl MVP. That was more of a that was a fluke compared to what Cam Newton would bring. I mean, agree to disagree on Jameis, but like I do very <laughs> much believe that Cam has something left. And the I apparent yeah, it makes me feel like I'm the only one that sees it because it makes no sense. Even the Chargers said after losing Phillip Rivers. They have them having Tyrod Taylor. And I love Tyrod Taylor, but he is who he is. They're like, nah, we're good. Are you are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding you. Like, are you are you are you kidding me? Say, um, San Diego. Are you killing me? L.A. Charters. Y'all rather have Tyrod Taylor than Cam Newton. No, I think we can. Te- <laughs> I think we can make fun of them by calling them the San Diego Chargers right now because they made a very San Diego kind of move. I mean, but like, it's, it's about the Bears, but it's just like, it's so infuriating because the two guys I mentioned, Winston and Cam, they are at least better than five to guy, better than five guys who are currently slated as starters in the NFL. Yep. I think that. So for them to go ahead and say, yeah, you know, we want to get that guy who was replaced by Gardner Minshew. We want that guy. Yeah. And I mean, and you traded for him. You didn't even wait for him to get cut or anything. You traded for him. You gave up assets to get him as if he was like you getting uh, getting Matt Stafford or somebody. 
And it's gonna it's gonna blow up in their faces, man. We're talking about um, uh, Bill O'Brien. It's gonna blow up in their faces, and then they're gonna be like, "Whoa, we couldn't think we didn't think it would blow up in our faces." No, of course you didn't think it would, because y'all don't think when it comes to the quarterback play. You don't think about the quarterback position. You whiff, you whiff, you whiff. Well, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> by that same function, it's you know, I think it's what happens when. You know, guys sort of feel like maybe their jobs are on the line, right? They kind of make panic moves like that. But there were so many other moves they could have made than that, though. They could have made a more competent panic move. It's true. I'm at not least disagreeing. If, at, least if they, at least if they would have overpaid Cam Newton to get him to come over, at least they're luring him to them. And plus, he, he at least has like, you know, still intangibles. And he still has still has talent. <laughs> like, but they did it for Nick Foles, man, who is a a backup, maybe fringe starter, maybe fringe. Oh my gosh, my brain hurts. Sorry, go ahead. Like, I I need to I need to dial it back because like it it make it makes my brain hurts and it makes me upset as you can tell, <laughs> and because I because I hurt for my brother because they like I've I've been like I have been spoiled by seeing quality quarterback play for for the last twenty years and it seems like they barely have had one or two years of competent QB play and one of those involved having Kyle Orton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle I mean, Orton. I, Okay, I, I won't sell. I won't sell um, color that short, but they just never got to the Super Bowl with him. Oh yeah, and they were saying he'll be he'll be great someday, but he never did. He was he was always hitting those first couple gears, but it seemed like he never hit that fourth gear. You know, he was seemed like he was always stuck on that second, third gear. Like stuck on that third gear. He was good, good enough to be a, a, a decent starter, but he just didn't hit that extra level. You know that that they wanted. You know. That we are all waiting to see. That's what that's Jay Cutler uh, in a nutshell. No, I, I genuinely think Jay Cutler didn't have the work ethic. Hot take. Hashtag hot take. I don't think Jay Cutler had the work ethic. <laughs> you know, because of stuff like you hear anecdotes about that. Like, he was a, he, he smoked all the time and things like that. It's like, yeah, if you're someone, oh, for if you're someone who is like, a, you know, professional athlete trying to like take care of your body, you don't freaking smoke. Uh, but what's your take on it? Like, as I just kind of dial, as I kind of dial it back from my my rage, what do you think about the whole Bears incident? Like the whole Bears situation right now? Is is my stuff like hyperbole, or is or is my stuff fairly accurate? Or what's your uh, or what's the things that you agree with or disagree with? Because <laughs> I just feel like I just feel went on this this angry tangent. <laughs> I mean, if I'm a GM or a coach, I. Like, I would not touch Jameis Winston personally. Um, but again, whatever. We we have divergent opinions on that. Um, he ain't that bad. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, he, he's Nathan Peterman with the touchdowns. <laughs> he's football's equivalent of like a guy who hits home runs, but like strikes out and plays terrible defense. You know what I mean? Like he is a. As a player, he's a one-trick pony. Um, but anyway, Javier Baez. Oh my god! <laughs> he can't take walks. Oh my god! Good reference. Good reference. Um, no, I, I don't know. I look at this from the context of like there are just so many dumb teams in the NFL that like it doesn't really surprise me. Uh, it's 
it's hard for me. And, you know, I don't have an emotional connection to the team either. So it's like hard for me to get super upset about it because I just I don't know. I've only ever known the Bears as a franchise that just continually makes head scratching decisions. Um, And this just seems like another one, you know? Yeah, no, it makes no sense to trade for that contract to trade for it. Uh, no, I don't think Jacksonville or I don't know. Maybe Jacksonville would have got him. I it didn't seem like a good idea just based on, you know, kind of cutting your losses there. But who knows? They, they would have had dead money, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it sounds like they were planning to move ahead with Minshew as the starter. So I guess if you're doing that, if you follow their own freaking logic about how, you know, the starter is going to be the highest paid guy to have re- the respect of his teammates, then. Yeah, I guess you do have to cut him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, it's certainly not smart. And, you know, it's hard to tell. I will say this. I think it's hard to tell what Nick Foles might have been with the Jaguars because we saw it for like a quarter or two before he got hurt. So he was he was actually decent. He was he was good in that quarter. He his like that first series he threw a touchdown and, and but then his his uh, collarbone uh, went the way of Tony Romo. There could conceivably be some competent NFL play there, but it's there's no way in hell it will be worth that contract. Uh, so Mm-mm. that point is well Good. that point is well taken. Unless he wins them a Super Bowl, then he'll be a king in Chicago forever. Which I don't. Which but that's not. I don't think would ever happen. I mean, it's not going to happen. But that's the only way it would somewhat justify that. Move. It would be he would have to win the chip. If the 2020 Bears win the Super Bowl, that will. I, I'm saying it here. That is a more unlikely story than the '99 Rams. Uh, it's no. It's not going to happen. Uh. Mm. <laughs> Uh, which I still think that team is probably the most unlikely Super Bowl winner of all time. You said the Rams were unlikely? Yeah. The 98 Rams were like 4-12, and 12, dude. Oh, I, oh, you said 98. I, I said 99. Well, that's what I mean. They were uh, really just a, a moribund franchise for so long and then just mm. overnight. And then their starting quarterback tore his ACL like the week before the season started or whatever it was Trent green and had a backup takeover and became one of the greatest offenses of all time. I mean, that is, that is about as out of nowhere as you can get. Uh, oh yeah. Kurt, Kurt Warner. You know what I mean? In terms of like, <laughs> unlikeliness. Um, oh yeah. You know, Shoot, they had their own, see, they, they, that was the Brady story before yeah. Brady. I mean, you know, the one Patriots <laughs> certainly are on the list anyway. I'm, I'm just rambling now. Um, Hey, I love it, man. Yeah. But but the Bears still suck and they'll that's, keep sucking until until they figure out this Rubik's Cube of quarterback. I was you know, going to make that joke earlier. Obviously, we should just cover the Bears every week and have the segment called The Bears Still Suck. I don't I don't want to just out of respect A, out of respect to my brother and B because I I hurt for him, man. Oh. I hurt for him. Because they have a great defense and they are squandering the talents of Khalil Mack and those boys. Imagine, imagine being a being that defense and you do your job. You hold a team like twenty or seventeen points or under, and y'all still find a way to lose. Imagine that, man. It's not good. No, it's not. It's not good. 
I really think that the coronavirus became real for like, in my opinion, the majority of Americans was that night when the NBA just suddenly shut down. Uh, very yeah. kind of suddenly <laughs> and scarily with uh, with Rudy Gobert testing positive for coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so obviously, particularly given that he was the guy that was so flippant about it leading up to that <laughs> and was, you know, touching all the phones and the microphones and stuff and just generally being a freaking moron. Um, but... <laughs> You know, it's worth noting that he, since that point, has been remorseful and has said all the right things and has been like, yeah, I was a dumbass. And, you know, <laughs> and I really, you know, kind of let everybody down by, you know, doing that. And uh, but uh, one of his teammates, Donovan Mitchell, also tested positive, who, again, it's worth noting that they both seem to have recovered and made, you know, and are perfectly healthy, but still you know, you never like to feel like one of your coworkers has maybe put your life in danger uh, for mm-hmm. the sake of basically jo- a joke, uh, a joke about a thing mm-hmm. that shouldn't be joked about. Uh, and, you know, there was that thing where, uh, what was it that, uh, that Rudy said that they had talked and then kind of said some vague stuff about how like no relationship is perfect and this and that. And so, you know, obviously that sent all the hot take artists like, Oh man, you know, are they going to be able to be teammates again after this and all of that? And it's like, it's really kind of impossible for us to tell as people that don't Mm -hmm. know them in real life. And who knows, Uh, you know, I suppose NBA teams have broken up over way less. Uh, I'm thinking of Shaq mm-hmm. and Kobe here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a real thing. And, you know, I mean, to juxtapose that with the just very, very sad news about Carl Anthony Towns' mom, you know, it's. Yeah. May she, may she, may she rest in peace. You know, it's a tough tough thing to like come to have your reputation come back from, you know, like, and it, I don't know, man. I really think there, there's a scenario in which he ends up going somewhere else because of that. Because Mm. I mean, I, you know, I mean, in life in general, like everybody screws up, you know, this was a guy voluntarily choosing to screw up, but whatever, you know, it, it does show your character as a human being how you handle having to show that remorse and how you handle walking in the door the next day and having to look everybody in the eye and be like, yeah, no, I did that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see, but some people can't. And, and even if you do, even if you do do all the right things, it's not, no one owes you forgiveness. No one owes you, you know, liking you and being your best friend after something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know. It's kind of wild. And I think, you know, it, it, a lot of people have had to sort of reconsider, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to name names or specifics here, but there was a person I know who engaged in what I felt like was very reckless behavior that I felt like potentially endangered me 
and my mm-hmm. roommate and like everyone else that I come into contact with. And it really, mm-hmm. really pissed me off. And like, I lost a lot of respect for that person over that because I just felt like mm. they were being reckless and not listening. And yeah, I don't know. I wonder, you know, sometimes like when this is, it's, it seems even a fantasy to be like when this is all over. Cause I think it's not a thing that's just going to suddenly end, but you know, yeah. I mean, as we, you know, as we sort of in bits and pieces come out of this over the next few years, it's like, I, I you know, I think all of us are going to have to sort of reconsider our relationships to each other and, you know, sort of, I don't know. I sort of, with things like that, I almost file it under, you know, when someone tells you who they are, it's probably a good idea to listen. Right. Because, you know, I hate to say it, but at the same time, in, in crisis situations, that is also the quickest way to get to the core of someone's character mm-hmm. is, you know, how they react to things like that. And let's just say, and this is not a comment, this is just a general comment on society and on no one in particular, but I think we've learned a whole lot about people (laughs) during this, both good and bad. We've seen, you know, some incredible things and some incredible just selfishness and, Uh you know, people going and buying all the damn toilet paper for no reason. And, you know, like that, (laughs) you know, and it's funny, but it's also like what that shows you is that person is saying me first, me, 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 Mm. me, me, me. Mm. I deserve all of this. And I don't care that someone else has less because I have more. And, Mm. you know, uh, that's, you know, when you think about it, that's, kind of a really ugly thought and that's just yeah you you see evidence of it every time you go to the freaking grocery store now and it's impossible to Mm. ignore and you know i don't know i'm rambling a little bit now but i you know i don't know i think it's i think it's helpful to talk through some of this stuff as it's happening because it's it's been a lot to digest in a short period of time and you know yeah but but like I said, I guess that's my my central point is that, you know, I I redemption is possible for everybody, I suppose. And you know, I yeah. I'm sure that Rudy Gobert will have a long and productive NPA career when he comes back and, you know, I again, the guy right. really seems to have learned his lesson. So, you know, hopefully hmm. hopefully it's for the better going forward because that's really all you can do when you screw up. You do your best to, to make a make, make amends and move on with your life. And don't, don't just continually live in the moment in that moment. I hope they could coexist as teammates, but it just seems like, um, the partnership between Rudy and Donovan, uh, Mitchell might, uh, might come to an end, like the following year when all this is done, I guess, just from like the, I guess the aftermath of, um, of, of the, uh, of the Rudy stuff. But, Again, he, uh, as you said, like he, you know, Rudy is is remorseful, and uh, he, he's gonna just do best he can to just, I guess, 
I guess to come out better on this on uh, in the end, I guess, and just try to put this behind him. Um, you know, uh, he was creating awareness of, uh, he was like, kind of like, like the first face, he was like the face of the NBA yeah. of, uh, of the coronavirus. So, no, and that's- which is, which is, which is weird, but it's just like, oh my gosh, it really got real. And Rudy Gobert is like, name is always going to be like attached to like some kind of, to like uh, that level of seriousness of like, in like, of, uh, of, uh, of, of this of world history, man. <laughs> and I mean, and that was, you said it very well there. Like America, like needed to take this seriously, like a month and a half earlier than it did. And yeah. so, you know what, honestly, a big scary event kind of shot. I feel like shocked everybody into action. And yeah, because you knew you were talking about this stuff like before Christmas, man. I was. I, I thought you were Christmas or January. You're talking about this. He was like, yeah, there's stuff going on here in China. Like, over yeah, there. No, the, the, yeah, the news you, of yeah. the news of like the Wuhan breakout broken like, yeah, like mid January. Uh, yeah. So like, yeah, no, it's it's absurd that people didn't take it more serious. But I mean, whatever, you know, I think we were all in denial because it's a. I was one of those people. No, I mean I was too, uh, man. I was, and you, know. you was you was more you you was more in the know about it than I was. I was just like, okay, I was thinking like whatever, man. But you was like, yeah, this could be something here, man. We need to be careful. And everybody's like, nah, no. But think about even what that says that I was aware it was going on, and you know, logic told me what was going to happen, and yet I still didn't want to believe it. You know, because hmm. it was just such a large, again, you know, and I think, I think everyone's had some version of this reaction, you know, over mm-hmm. this, over the time of this crisis, like where you almost can't believe it because it's just so big and touches, you know, it's rare, rare is the time where a large, like, yeah, like historical event happens that truly does change the way literally everyone lives all at once. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's pretty absurd because, you know, like felt like the world stood still, like on the day of nine 11, but like, you know, for Mm -hmm. the most part, everybody more or less went back to work like the next day, you know? And, uh, and that was part of the recovery was trying to sort of feel normal again, as I'm sure the recovery Mm-hmm. From this will be eventually whenever that is. Because that's what I remember. Like they took a break. They took like a week off from football. Yeah. To yeah, like yeah. to like help people and stuff, and to like to help people to do their part, uh, be there for people during their time of need and all that. And then the following week, like it was something something so empowering about them, you know. Like we see, I think we saw guys like Teddy Bruschi sprinting like down to uh, sprinting up the field carrying the American flag or or seeing like football players coming out we're getting ready to play and like we is it was it was kind of like represent that that patriotism we had it's like nothing is going to stop us or keep us down we are we are going to we're going to remember and uh, you know remember these losses and respect uh, the people that we lost and we're going to but we're going to go on and we we are going to um Showed them, hey, we're not going to be defeated, and like we went on and we showed our pride by going back to playing football, and people re- rejoiced. They remembered, 
They're, they remember the events, but they, but the, uh, but as a way to heal, they, they rejoiced and enjoy some football, man. Like we can't, we don't have that now. We, we all dying to see sports, but we, we don't have that opportunity to, you know, say, well, let's press on and like this, let's, um, offer like an escape or like offer like some sports as a way of healing and getting through when we can't even do it because of like how dangerous everything is right now. Briefly take a second and watch this video. I know you won't have sound, but just honestly watch the crowd. This is the first game played in New York after nine 11. Uh, this is in Shane. This is an old Shea stadium and it's uh Mike Piazza. Lopez wants it away. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Mike Piazza and the Mets lead three to two. It gave him it gave him something to believe in, man. Hate that it came off of uh, Bobby Cox and all, and off the Braves, but hey, people people need something to celebrate and to believe in, man. Like that we believe, yeah. Like the that uh, kid or whoever that person was holding that sign, yeah. That that says it all. It's I come back to this video sometimes because I don't know. It's a tough thing to to put into words, but. At least in my mind, what this means is, you know, that's not a sort of like mindless moment of American jingoism to me. Like it's people gathering and kind of all at the same time being happy to be alive, you know, and so, and like taking joy in life and in everyday life. It's a game. It's a bunch of people watching a game. And just like being happy that a man made a baseball fly out of a stadium. But like people saying like, here we are, we're alive, like, you know, and that feels good. It does. It's, it's been a lovely evening of, um, you know, doing this podcast today um, in um, ISOVision. <laughs> like isolation I like that. so like it's this has been really cool um it's i was questioning or wondering how this would work but i think it i think it's worked out you know pretty good yeah no it's been yeah. uh it's been really fun and uh you know as always hope everybody is staying safe and sane and hope that maybe we've been a little bit of a part of helping keep you sane and Hope you've gotten mm-hmm. a good a good chuckle and some good entertainment out of this one. Hope y'all are staying safe out Word. there. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's key key phrase. Just stay and stay safe because please uh, practice just pr- practice solid judgment uh, yep. and and do the, do the best and just do the best you can trying to you know keep your, you and everyone else safe and uh, and just. Just remember that all this is just temporary, and uh, we'll we'll get back to some form of normalcy um, sooner than we think. But it's just gonna take time. So just being patient and just doing the best you can to to press on and move forward. The only constant in life is change. This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. No doubt. 
What, what about your what about your line with like with such significant new meaning now? <laughs> oh well, yeah. Now I keep forgetting about that. Uh, yes, I wish I could hug you all, but I'm not gonna. Not yet. But someday, but someday he will, and we all will. Yes, I I miss hugs. Damn it, <laughs> I really do. Man, you'll get your hugs back, man. Oh, we will. We all will. Well, uh, all right. That's it's been it's been D with two E's. It's been Dan with an A N. And uh, we bid you adieu, and we just say hey, um, peace to everybody. Good night, and and until next time, have and enjoy your lives. Agree. Good night, everybody. Peace. Good night. Peace. Put it in a fucking time capsule and then be like 20, 2050. Oh, God. If you just play it. Yeah. It's like, Daddy, what the heck were you doing then? Like, well, well you son, see, son. Cocaine, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Back in the day, there was this thing called the Internet. <laughs> and it was the source of basically all of our entertainment.